Welcome to Three Tales Max, the chronicles of my life. And I'm putting this together for really my family. The reason I call this Three Tales Max, I use fictitious names in order to protect the innocent or the guilty, however you want to see it. And if you hear more than three of these tales at one time, I guarantee you you're going to say, that guy's lying, that cannot possibly be true. Well, this is the truth as I remember it. An autobiography, a recap of my life, the Chronicles of Three Tales Max. So let's get started. And remember, it's not my fault. So in this episode, I thought I'd start talking to you a little bit more in depth about my life and some of the odd things that really do happen. I thought I'd start out with the first one today, a little bit easy, you know, it's my doctor, Alice, my wife, says, you know, look, you got to go to the doctors. So I do. I want to take care of myself. I want to be healthy. You know, my kids are small at the time. and But I'm feeling absolutely great. Now, one of the problems I have with doctors, believe it or not, is I kind of have that white coat syndrome. You know, my bowels are not normal, to say the least, for about a week up to the appointment. I've been going to this lady. She's bilingual. She's, she's Asian. She has a PhD and she has an MD. You know, big deal here, right? And I've been going to her for a long time. I listen to her. When she says something, I take heed. Probably why this whole scenario came about, to be honest with you. You know, her bedside manner is, done, gone, see ya. Very, very methodical, very clear, very scientific. No fluff, none. Oh my God, I love this. You know, my white coat syndrome has kicked in. Oh my God, I'm, you know, where's the bathroom? I need this thing bad. You know, she finally comes in and I'm finally out of the bathroom for a while. I'm finally able to stand up straight and not, you know, worry about whether I'm going to uh, make a fool of myself in, in public, let's just say. Okay, so she starts with the normal questions, you know. Do you smoke? Well... You know, I have to think because, like I said, she's real, tell me the facts. I don't care what they are. Tell me the facts. I lived in the 60s and the 70s. So this is a tough question for me to answer truthfully. But I did. You know, I, you know, I gave her a truthful answer. You know, do you drink alcohol? You know, booze? Oh, yeah, I drank alcohol. And sometimes, you know... I might drink more than I should and probably why I get into these really odd situations in life. Uh, you know, so she asks you, if once you say yes, you, you drink, she's like, well, how many drinks do you have? I'm like, well, how do you want to break it down? You want to break it down on a per day basis, a per year basis, a per hour basis, daylight hours versus nighttime hours, weekends versus weekdays. You know, there's all kinds of ways to look at like how much booze am I drinking? Uh, look, I do partake of the grape, you know, and I like it. You know, she asks, how do you feel on a scale of 1 to 10? Now, here's a really tough question for me. Remember, I have to try to filter out my white coat syndrome. Because before my wife told me I had to go see the doctor, I was a 10. I'd always been a 10. All my life I'd been a 10. You know, even when I hit a car sled riding, a parked car, yes, that's true. Another story for another day. I felt great. You know, I'm invincible. I'm on top of the world. But as soon as you have to factor in that white coat syndrome, oh boy. Not a good thing for me. So, you know, if I tell her I'm like a two, 
I realized that, yeah, that's not a good thing. You know, I'm going to have to start seeing a psychiatrist probably, or she's going to be worrying about my mental state uh, because it's nothing like, look, oh, there's a broken bone in your arm. I can see the blood and the, the bone sticking out. You know, it's inside your, your head. It's a tough one. So how do I feel? Well, I'm not in pain. That's the way I answered it. So as soon as I tell you, I tell you that I'm not in pain and tell you a 10, you'll move on. Welcome to my life at the doctor's. She wants to know about my family history. Let's think about this. Uh, yeah, okay, so my father had high blood pressure. Okay, no big deal. My brother, he had high blood pressure. I'm talking about my family a little bit, my mother's side of the family, you know, they're, they lived well into their 80s, so forth. And then the question, Have any, has anybody in your family ever had cancer? Well, I can answer no to that one. Has anybody in your family have history of heart attack, strokes, or aneurysms? Uh-oh. i got to tell the truth, right? I can't lie. I said, yeah. Yeah, my, my father passed away. From what? Well, you know, he had heart attack. And she looks at me. Says the same thing. He's like, what about any, any other things going on in your family? And I said, well, you know, my brother passed away. Um, he had a stroke. And she starts looking at me kind of funny. And she's like, how do you feel right now? I was like, well, you know, I feel okay. She's like, on a scale of 1 to 10. And I didn't tell her that I'm figuring in the white coat syndrome. I gave her maybe like a 1 or 2. I think I said 2 or 3, maybe something like that. Something, Some low number below 5. Well, that just starts a, a chain of events. The dominoes start to fall. She starts, she literally gets up and quickly almost runs out of the room. I'm like, where are you going? What's what's going on? She, she, before she slams the door, she says, just sit there. We're going to have nurse come in, take some measurements. I'm like, take some measurements? What is she talking about? Okay. So all of a sudden, here's this, you know, multi-degree, four-foot-tall Asian doctor flipping out. I mean, not flipping out, but she looked to me, remember, white coat syndrome. It's not fun for me in, in no way, shape, or form. And when the doctor starts to do that stuff, I start to get really, really hanky, right? It gets ugly for me. And so, you know, the nurses are hooking me up to monitors. They got blood pressure, blood oxygen. I don't know. You know, EKG, BYZ. I don't know the acronyms, but it was on me. Whatever they had in that office, they had hooked up to me. It's all because I gave them a, like kind of a less than perfect scale of how I felt and the white coat syndrome. It was, oof, it was tough. So anyways, you know, here's this four foot tall doctor just going at it. I mean, she might be one of the most, one of the smartest people I know and she acts like she's being worried. She's scared. When I see someone like that who's scared, I am really scared. So all of a sudden, she's like, yeah, you need to get to the hospital. You need to have some tests run. It's like, well, it's kind of tough to get into the hospital. She's like, don't worry. I'm going to get you some appointments. So she like sets up all these appointments. I don't know. Next few weeks, it's like everything that a hospital had to stick in you, shove in you, pull from you, they did it to me. Right? It was, it was, I don't even know what the insurance company paid. Millions of dollars of testing. You know, scans. They put you in a tube and you can hear the stuff clicking. And they shoot you up with, with something, some kind of stuff. And they, you know, put your head in this bucket. And they're looking at all the stuff that's going through. They look at your heart. Oh, my God. 
craziness. So, you know, I don't know. Again, white coat syndrome. It doesn't have to be specifically a doctor. I'm going into the hospital having all these weird tests I don't even remember the acronyms for. I'm thinking all the time, oh my God, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to die of a stroke. I'm going to die of a heart attack. You know, I've got cancer. I've got blah, 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 blah. You name it, I got it. My brain's running crazy. So then I finally go back to the doctor. And I'm going, my God, you know, it's probably taking her two hours just to read the testing reports that come back. And I walk in there, I sit down, it's like, okay, all right, doc, give it to me straight. You know, where do I stand? She's like, you're the healthiest fat white guy I have ever seen. Lose some weight, live your life. End of story. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's just craziness. All this worry, all this stuff. I'm healthy. But boy, there were almost a month of, I think I'm going to die. Number next one, the chiropractor. Yeah, the chiropractor. Okay, so how this happens. I'm a young man. I work in a very physical job. It's a construction site. Yes, I'm a construction worker. All of the stereotypes come true. You know, Alice wasn't on in the picture yet. Uh, actually, she was in the picture. She was my girlfriend, but she was not my wife at this time. Alice and I have these mutual friends, and we're getting to know them. I've known them for a while. Um, you know, believe it or not, I knew these people from, from roller skating. Okay, so we kind of know these people. We're getting to know them, and there's, I don't know, 15 to 30 people. I don't know. There's a ton of them. We used to go out to the local drinking establishments as a group, and we'd get four, five, six, eight tables and you know, be dancing all night and having a good time, right? You know, having a few adult beverages, so to speak. So one time it was, uh, it was actually New Year's Eve. You know, let's not let's not go to a bar. You know, again, as you remember, I'm 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 thrifty. It's like let's just buy a few cases of beer, a couple handles of liquor, and so it's New Year's Eve. We're on this pond, frozen pond. So we all decide we're going to get big group of us, you know, we've, yes, we got the pickup trucks loaded and went to the frozen pond to play ice hockey. We decided to go play ice hockey after we had started drinking. So, you know, in today's vernacular, you know, a lot of pregame going on before we even get to the pond. Now, if you've ever played ice hockey, and I'm still, I'm in a very small community, we didn't have hockey sticks. We had no puck, and when you're playing pond hockey, look, it's kind of tough. I learned this New Year's Eve, this night, okay? And I pretty much had a full package on. But, you know, I'm playing pond hockey. I pond ice hockey. So you have a stick, your puck, you just find, you just go out into the woods, you break off a stick or find a stick somewhere, and... It's about the right length, and there's you know you can hold on to it, and the puck is a beer can, okay. Now not like you know a full sized beer can after you're done drinking. Yeah, you, know, you take a beer can, you're done with it, and like in today's world, you crush them flat so you can recycle them. That's how what that was your puck was a crushed beer can. So it's the diameter of a beer can, and it's what inch tall maybe. You know, it's bigger than a puck, taller than a puck. But boy, does it slide well. 
Now, there's no ice, there's no uh, snow on the ice of the pond. That's a prerequisite because if you're that loaded, you can't shovel snow and then play ice hockey because you'll be dead by the time you're shovel, done shoveling the snow. I'd only ever been on ice skates maybe three times in my life before this night. Yeah, you know, it's like, I can do this. You know, I'm all chicken-chested, ready to go. You know, I, I'm I'm in the middle of it. There's, you know, I'm a young man, you know, strapping strong, ready to go. You know, a few beers in me, a few shots in me. You know, I'm going to do this. So these people are telling me, well, you know, you know, it takes a bit to figure out how to ice skate. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm good, I'm good. So I get on, and I said, look, guys, you've got to give me a minute to kind of get my, my legs under me. They're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I, you know, I strapped on the skates. We had a fire going. I drank another beer real quick and got out on the, on the ice. I was like, oh, this isn't too hard. And I'm wobbling a little bit. And all of a sudden, I kind of get my, my stride, so to speak, with these ice skates. And hey, okay, this is how it's different than roller skating. Um, now, ice skating, look, it's not exactly the same. It's not even close to the same, to be honest with you. But I had enough where in my mental state, I was the best person on the ice. And I must have been pretty good or else everybody else was just so drunk or that bad of a skater they couldn't keep up with me. And I'm, you know, I'm scoring. It got so bad, like, you know, they, somebody in my team would pass me the puck and boom, I'd score. Like, like I could just skate faster. Problem is, when you're playing pond hockey with a stick and a crushed beer can as a puck, the stick handling is really weird. Like, you got to be careful. At least I did. They wouldn't allow you like to put the stick on on top of the puck, the beer can puck, and just skate down the ice. You had to, you had to hit it. So you know, I would hit this puck way out in front of other people, and I'd just be able to skate faster to it. Okay, make no bones about it. I am not a hockey player, and anybody who is could whoop me horribly on the ice. But I was better than anybody that was there in my mind. This went on for a while, and there were some people there. Yes, there were men there too. There's men and women both were playing. Somebody got about half angry that every time I got the puck, I scored with it. I, you know, I did my normal thing. Somebody passed me the puck, and I just cranked it down the ice. You know, got away from people because everybody's around the puck. They're not like hockey players. There's nobody playing defense on the goal. Matter of fact, I don't even think we had goalies. That's why I was able to score so easily. So, you know, I get the puck, boom, I, I slam it down the ice, and I just start. I just take off on a dead heat, on a sprint almost. Understand what it means to hook a skate. Well, he took his, quote, hockey stick, stuck it between my legs, not even my skates, and away I went. Now, I was pretty much up to speed at this point in time. I'm not judging life exactly right because I'm pretty much impaired. You know, it's doing one of the blah, blah, blah. I'm spinning down the ice just like, you know, spread eagle face down, just chewing up everything that wasn't covered up. Get up and I'm kind of shaking myself off. And are you okay? Everybody's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Oh my God, your face is bleeding, blah, blah, blah. I was like, ah, I'm fine. Don't worry about that. Oh man, look at your arm, you know, blah, your coat's all torn up. Like, you know, knees of my pants are going out. It's like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. So I keep on playing. I didn't know I was injured. I go home, and I get up the next day, and it's like pain running up and down my, my leg. and My back is really, I mean, I, I messed it up. I really messed it up. I, 
Alice didn't live with me. You know, she was a she's a good Catholic girl. She lived with her mom uh, and her family. We get together again, and and uh, one of the cool things about this group of people that uh, the parents were were hanging around and they'd be drinking with us. And you know, now we're all of age. Okay, we're not. I'm not. You know, underage drinking. And so the parent of one of these people that we were with, actually one of the the women I was with um, playing pond hockey, says, "Oh man." You know, you you need to go see a chiropractor. I say, chiropractor? What's that about? You know, I'm I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, you know, I have all these stereotypes in my mind about chiropractors and I don't know how anybody feels about it. Uh, I don't know how anybody feels about that compared to the medical community, but I'm in so much pain. It's like, you know what? I will try anything. So she hooks me up with this guy. One day after work, you know, six, seven o'clock at night, I, I get uh, Alice to take me to, to this appointment. That's the very first appointment. Okay. So I go in there. You know, there's lots of people everywhere. There's, you know, it's like there's nobody, like, man in the front desk. There's no doctors. There's no nothing. And because they're really busy. I mean, they're really busy. So finally, you know, the doctor, the chiropractor himself comes out and says, Hey, uh, look, I need you to come back here. We're going we're gonna, gonna to have some x-rays taken just to see where we're going before I start to work on you. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So there's still, there's just all patients sitting in this big room. So I go back there and, you know, here's, here's so-and-so. I don't even remember her name. Um, she's going to do the x-rays. Okay. And I mean, to take, every time I take a step, it's like, oh, this excruciating pain. I'm bumped up, bent over. Uh, and I call it the pointer. Uh, those of you who have ever had back problems... When your back hurts or your sciatica hurts so much, you kind of lean forward and either depends on which side is hurting, either your left or your right shoulder kind of points. So normally you would walk with your nose pointing to where you're going to go. Well, when you have a, a really, a really, really severe back, I call it being a pointer. You point with your shoulder, right? You just, you bend over and you're holding your, your arms together in front of you and it's like your shoulder is pointing where you're going because you're twisted just a little bit, trying to find any kind of relief from pain possible. Now, yes, I could have found liquid relief for my pain and other types of relief for my pain, but I didn't, okay? It's like, I don't want to screw this up. So I walk into the room and, and uh, the doctor, the chiropractor says to this, this lady, look, you know, we need to take some x-rays. Uh, will you do this for me? And Oh, yeah, 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 right. So I'm standing here trying not to scream in pain. So this lady says, okay, come over here. She says, well, I want you to stand up. We're going to take these x-rays. Okay, so I want you to stand up against this plate, whatever. Because I'm like, I can't sit in a chair, really. I said, I can't really. I mean, I can, but I'm going to be screaming in pain. So I'm standing there, and, and um, she looks at me, and she's like, wow, you have a really big belt buckle, don't you? And I, okay, um, I'll admit I had a really large belt buckle on a really wide leather belt. Look, it was many years ago. Wasn't really in style then, but I had it anyways. Um, nice silver with you know, turquoise in it. And, you know, it was, wasn't Native American, but it kind of looked cool to me. Okay, so she's bending over. She's like, you know, move your feet together. It's like, I can't. It's like, move your feet together. I can't. She's like, well, at least drop that you know, take that belt buckle off and drop it out of the way so we can, we take this x-ray because that belt buckle is right where we're going to need to see your back and, and it's metal and you, you know, we won't be able to take the x-ray. So like, all right. And I'm like 
screaming in pain. So she's down on her knees in front of me trying to move my legs. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I'm screaming and hollering. I reach down. I pop the belt buckle. And as I pop the belt buckle, my um, snap on my, my jeans opened. Right? And I'm just, you know, she almost simultaneously, she moved one of my feet trying to get me to put my legs together. And I'm like screaming in pain. And I realized it's getting really cool in here. And I noticed that my pants have hit the floor. Now she's kneeled down in front of me, looking at my feet, trying to move my feet. (laughs) So one thing that I haven't told you about myself yet, back in those days, I was commando. I always was. I still would be if it wasn't for my children. So, you know, here I am. And I mean, I am in huge pain. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? Oh, she's a nurse. This is, you know, nothing that she hasn't seen before, right? Well, about that time I see her head just come up. And she comes eyeball to one-eyed junk. And I mean, there wasn't much more about a foot between them. Now... Right? I'm I'm in pain. I'm kind of about half screaming. Ah! She's saying something. But all I can do is I can see her looking at my junk. And I'm like, lady, I can't stand here much longer. You better take these x-rays now. Right? All she's doing, she's on her knees in front of me looking at my junk like a foot away from it. Come on. I mean, let's go. I mean... You're a middle-aged woman. I'm a young man. It's like, there's nothing going on here, right? God gives this stuff to everybody. You're a nurse. You've seen it all the time, all right? Maybe you're surprised that I didn't have any underwear on. I don't know. Maybe you like my belt buckle. All I know is, is I'm screaming here in pain, and you won't click the button to take the x-ray. So finally, please take this x-ray. I don't, I can't stand here much longer. I'm in excruciating pain. I can't really walk well. Yeah, I'm all natural. I can't walk well. My pants are at my ankles. What am I going to do? So finally you go in there, you know, you hear that little I kind of heard it. I think I heard it. I want to say I heard it. I don't know if she took the x-ray for sure or not. Right? She comes out. I'm standing there and I'm like, ah, screaming, screaming, screaming. Oh my God, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. She's just looking at my junk. I'm like, are you going to help me? She's like, what do you mean? She looked at me kind of puzzled. Look, I need help getting my pants off the floor up to my waist. I don't know what you're thinking about, but I need some help and I want, it's with my pants, not my junk. Uh, And she said like, like she's never seen, I'm not that well endowed. I'm just an average kind of guy. Nothing special. So finally, she pulls the pants off the floor, and I was like, you, can you buckle them for me? So she's buckled, She's literally buckling my pants. I go to the chiropractor appointment. I come out into the waiting room, and I realize that lady is the receptionist. She's not the nurse. And this was many years ago. This was 40 years ago, so I guess receptionists were allowed to take x-rays and I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, what am I going to do here? Like, I was back there screaming. She's the receptionist. 
Alice is sitting there looking at me like, you know, you just made a big old fool out of yourself. I could hear you screaming here. And, and you know, she didn't tell me. I told me this later, right? So I'm standing in the waiting room. And I'm sure they heard me saying, you know, I don't want help with my junk. I want you to pull my pants up. Now think about that statement, right? If you don't actually know what else is going on, I don't know how popular or how this chiropractor is going to be. Maybe this chiropractor is going to be really popular. I'm not sure. But how am I going to explain this to Alice, my girlfriend? We're not married. We don't even date for you know a, f- a few months, maybe a year. I don't know. Yeah, luckily, she, you know, Alice is a very forgiving woman and understands that, you know, it's not my fault. Okay, it's not my fault. The chiropractor was really cool about it. He's like, look, look, your insurance doesn't cover this. He's like, I don't charge a set fee when insurance won't pay for it. He's like, if you can't pay anything, I don't care. I want you to come. I'm like, how often do you want me to come? He's like, well, I want you to come three days a week. I said, like, I can't afford three days a week. He's like, well, you don't have to pay me. Like, okay, are you sure? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. Problem is, every time I came, I don't know if he had more than one receptionist, but the receptionist who took my x-rays was always there. So I'd walk in, hi, how you doing? I, I think I knew her name or something. I don't know. Maybe her name was on the desk. you know. And she'd always kind of get red in the face. And we'd have a little conversation. I felt like she would like trying to half flirt with me. And I was just trying to keep it very professional. I think she was too. But she's like, oh, so how are you feeling today? You know, we're not going to have to take any x-rays, are we? And I'm like, all right, come on. That's enough of this stuff. And then after a while, I mean, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, but. And after a while, I started to feel like almost like kind of a piece of meat in front of her because she commands like I just felt like she was like staring at my junk. I know I don't know if she was or not. Yeah, I guess I might have been just a tad self-conscious about the whole situation with the chiropractor's receptionist. The stress test. I've told you before. Uh, well, I live in towns that are communities that are you know, a couple thousand people. Now, this is later in life. I have children at this time, and I have, you know, lots of stuff going on, lots of responsibilities. I'm trying to put a few bucks together, you know, stuff you're doing. Alice is working a couple of jobs. I'm working a couple of jobs. You know, it's time to make some money here, right? Okay, so this community that I live in, they have a local fair. I like, I don't want to say it's a county fair. I don't know what it's even called. I don't live there anymore. I, uh... But they do have a fair. You call it fair week. And I'm telling you, that's all that mattered. Okay? Everybody went to this fair. Carnival, whatever. This gathering. You could actually set up campers or rent tents from them and live there. All right? And this is all that matters. For a week long, this is all that matters in this community. You go to the fair. The area schools didn't open well, schools never started until after fair week was over because nobody would show up. I'm taking the kids. I'm going to the fair. Dogs, cats, kids, grandma, granddad, everything we own. I'm hauling it into the fair in my camper and my pickup truck. Yeah, and I'm not exaggerating. That's the way it was. But one thing is nice. Again, I'm in a different little community now than I was from the chiropractor issue. You go there. They had a hospital there. It was really difficult to get appointments, tiny little hospital, taking care of business for the local people. 
and you just could not get appointments to have things done there. But on fair week, there was still a skeleton crew because the hospital, right? There's still sick people during fair week there and you could get appointments. So Alice is like, look, you know, you're really stressing out. You need to, you know, take care of yourself. You haven't been to the doctors in a while. I have to say it was really smart of Alice to make me do this. Okay. But the white coat syndrome steps in again, right? I'm starting and I know this thing is coming. I have a stress test lined up. And this whole white coat thing is, you know, it's it's putting some stress on me. I'm thinking, I'm going to go in there and they're going to take my blood pressure. And I don't know, I don't know nothing about medical issues. So I go into the hospital, wherever I have to go, whatever. I don't remember the, the, the specifics of that. But I do remember meeting the tech. And she identifies herself. You know, she's really short. Like, I'm talking really short. And I'm I'm well over six feet tall. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, this is this is going to be fun. You know, I'm going to have to sit down so she can, like, look in my ears and check my nose or whatever. I don't know, whatever the stress test is going to be. Okay, big guy, short tech, and small. I mean, she probably didn't weigh, uh, I don't know, my memory fades, maybe 110 pounds, maybe, most, at most. So she's, she's sitting there and she's explaining this to me. You know, we're going to... Do this, do that. You know, they're going to put you on a, I call it a hamster wheel. I don't know, a treadmill, treadmill, hamster wheel. Uh, or I was like, oh, okay, cool. At this point in time, I was actually jogging. I was I was jogging five miles a day. And that was my stress relief. So I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool. I want to get on there and we're going to have a workout. I won't have to go jogging tonight. Well, okay, so the whole kind of like white coat syndrome kind of falls to the back. I've taken care of business. I don't have to go to the bathroom. I'm not feeling the angst of that anymore because I just got to, I guess got to start running. Okay. Look, I do five miles every other day. Uh, You know, I've run some 6K races at this time. Not a big deal for me. This is easier than I even thought. No white coat syndrome. So I go on a hamster wheel. I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? It's like, I'm walking here. And the tech says, uh, yeah, we we have to watch your weight rate. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Like they have all these wires hooked up to you. Like they're, they're sticking them all over your body and your legs. And I don't know where. I don't know. Remember where all. I don't think there was any on my face. But other than that, I think I had these sticky probes all over me. Because I, I remember the when I walked from where they put the probes on over to the hamster wheel. I remember hearing this stuff dragging on the floor. So I remember a lot of them. So again, you know, I'm on there and I'm walking. I'm just walking. Like, do I get to run? It's like, well, we have to watch your heart rate. And whatever else the monitoring, all I realized was the heart rate. Maybe that's all it was. I don't know. We have to watch it come up. We want to stress you to some point. We want to, you know, put some stress on your body. Uh, and then we want to watch it cool down. I'm like, okay, that's cool, you know. And she told me, like, well, they're going to take me, like, off of, like, when you're at peak stress, they're going to stop the machine, ask me to get off, and ask me to lay on this table. The table's, like, you know. Right there beside the, the hamster wheel. Okay, I, I got it. Sweet. Get on there. You know, ramp up. When they're, when they call it, they get on the table. It's over. This is the easiest thing I've ever done. So I, I get on hamster wheel and we're walking and walking and walking. Pretty soon it's like, all right, we're going to take it up a little bit. Take a little faster, faster, faster. Time goes by. I don't know. All of a sudden, I'm in a pretty decent gait. Again, it's not really taxing me about it. It's, but... You know, I was, it was pretty good. It was a workout. I was, you know, I, I started to break a little bit of a sweat. And they kept it there. They didn't, like, 
take it super high, but they kept it. It was a long period of time. It was like a, a slow jog. And finally, you know, they're watching the monitors, whatever. She said, like, all right, we're where we need to be. I'm going to slowly turn this down so you don't fall off. Be careful. Hold on the rails. All right, you know, you know they're real, you know, real, really watching what you're doing in the hospital. You know, they don't want to hurt you. So I, I get off of this thing. She's like, all right, go up here and, and lay down on the table. I'm like, okay. So I walk over the table and I, and I accidentally kick this like little stool. Like, what's what's going on? You know, I don't, what's what's happening? Why is there a stool here? It's like the table's fairly low. So I get up on the table and I'm laying on my back. And the tech says, no, 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 no. You have to roll over on your side. He says, I want you to roll and have your back facing me. All right, not a problem. So I roll over. And I'm laying there, and she's like, oh, man, one of the wires came off. I'm like, what? Like, did I, t- did I do something wrong? I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of rough. You know, my back my back still hurts, okay? This was after the chiropractor incident and the New Year's Eve scenario. And my, my back is hurting, right? I'm like, look, you know, I, if, I, if I did something wrong, I'm sorry. I'm just not really mobile whenever, or not really agile when I'm trying to roll over. It's like, no, 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 I just have to put it back on. Like, okay, she's like, I want to get on here in a little bit of a hurry. So my back is to her. So then I realized what the stool's for. She had to stand up on the stool to get to me, you know, get high enough to be working on me. And so she's reaching over my my shoulder and trying to get to me. I was laying on my right side, and she was reaching over my left shoulder trying to get to these wires. And all of a sudden... I feel this leg on me. I'm like, what the heck is that? So she's standing on the stool with one leg, and she's throwing her other leg up on top of me, on top of my legs. Like, yeah, this is getting kind of weird. You know, what's, what's, what's going on here? And, okay, she's still, like, fumbling around, can't get these wires on. The next thing I know, she has hoisted herself up and laying on top of me, on top of my left side. All right? And she's got her hand down on this gown shirt kind of thing. And she's like rummaging around for these wires. And she's like grabbing at stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm thinking to myself, what's 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 going on here? This is, and you know, I'm a heterosexual man. Things start to happen for me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, I can't do this. Can't, no, no, this isn't, no, 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 this is not good. I'm not doing this. And she, like, keeps fumbling around. I'm like, come on, let's get this thing. Again, I'm not saying it. I'm thinking it. Just get this sticker back on me. She finally grabs, finds the wire that came off. And she's looking, and she puts it back on. Again, the whole time, she's, like, laying on top of me. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what's going on. And I'm, you know, shouldn't be feeling this stuff. I shouldn't be feeling like this is, like, you know, I'm getting a little weird feeling, you know, like, about the whole thing. And she says, she's climbs off me and goes back over to the computer and starts like, oh, oh, good. You still have a racing heartbeat. I'm really glad we didn't miss that. She said, we'd had to start over. I'm thinking to myself, well, that racing heartbeat might not be from the, from the hamster wheel. Uh, there's some other stuff going on, and I know there's no wires down there, but, you know, I'm, my heart's racing a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, this might not be a true stress test of my physical abilities, but it's definitely a stress test. Uh, 
lot more stressful in ways that I never thought about, to be quite honest with you, because I didn't have a short, you know, it was a short period of time where I have to get off this table, and I sure don't want to tell her I don't want to get off the table for a little while, you know. So, and she can't say anything, you know, my back's to her, and I felt like I was a sleazy old man, and I wasn't even old. I felt sleazy, and I was like, feeling like I was cheating on Alice, man. I was, that was a tough afternoon. Um, I'm a faithful husband. I don't do that kind of stuff. That's all for now, folks. This is Three Tails Max signing off, and remember, it's not my fault.